Guys, I'm Chase Trophy Kids. We got an awesome show for you. We're talking about the Cowboys signing Andy Dalton. We're reviewing the Last Dance last two episodes, and we were talking about UFC 229, giving a breakdown of what we think is going to happen. It's a good one, so let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is May the 6th. And oh, am I excited for this one. Sports are in the air. We have some things to talk about. The UFC is coming back this weekend, which we will definitely get into later with a little breakdown and preview of it. But first, we have some news that's actually sort of sending shockwaves to the NFL. I won't say it's the biggest free agency news because I would say Tom Brady, Gronk signing was definitely oh, the yeah. biggest. But it's definitely something that on a week like this week where there's kind of a lull and stuff, definitely giving us plenty to talk about. That is Andy Dalton. The Red Rocket, leaving Cincinnati, getting released, getting a couple offers, and deciding that he is headed back home, coming home to Texas, wearing the star. You have to see him tw- – well, you might not have to see him twice a year, but you play the team twice yeah, a year. <laughs> Carry a clipboard around, yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about this, rec- this one? Because it's – there are some takes out there on this. There are some takes out there. Some people are like, he's going to take over, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if I <laughs> – fully believe that um he did he got himself a very good contract as a backup i mean i yeah. know Jameis. i know Jameis claims he went for sean payton and drew Brees to new orleans which he probably did but looking at that it's like damn like you could have got good money so any dog got good money but it's like it, it seemed like it was just kind of a flex, like an attempted flex move on dak by jerry and i, I don't think jack I mean, jack i don't think dak's too worried honestly <laughs> I would agree. I think there were a couple things that struck me. I'm going to go in chronological order. First, I thought it was incredibly – it shows the level, one, of incompetence on the Bengals' part, and two, sort of the shittiness. Like, they want to come off like they're heroes in this. Like, oh, we cut him so he can go out. Yeah. We cut him after the free, free agency run-up on, like, quarterbacks. Like, cut him earlier. Like, you didn't get any trade value out of him. You got zero value, period, which is, like, the incompetency part. Yeah, his contract was hefty if they kept him. I think it was, like, $17 million. But it's, like, you got zero trade value out of him. I'm sure somebody would have given him, a, like, a seventh round, a sixth round, something. Um, yes. And even if nobody is going to trade for him, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a global pandemic going on, Bengals. It might be useful to give Joe Burrow a buffer, given you guys are not exactly – got a loaded roster to maybe give him a buffer because it's going to be, I would assume training camp is going to be a little dysfunctional. There's not going to be as much prep before the season. If we have one, a little bit of a buffer. And then if a quarterback goes down, you get some value there, whatever. They cut him late. He I'm assuming got some offers like Andy Dalton. I've been an Andy Dalton fan. I think he at his best is a very good quarterback. That is not your problem. Like your biggest problem at, at worst, you want to maybe upgrade your team. Like, he is what you surround him with. If you surround him with talent, he's going to be okay. If you don't surround him by talent, he's going to be all right. Like, he's not going to be the worst yeah. product on the field. He's not going to be your biggest problem, but you're going to want to probably upgrade the position at some point because you're going to be in a position like the Bengals were where you're going to be in a position to get a big upgrade, potentially. Yeah. I've always been a fan. I thought he got a lot of shit that he didn't deserve. I saw a really interesting fact on him that I, it's sort of a nitpicking stat, but it was like, damn, I did not realize this. Since 2011, only six quarterbacks have hit the following mark, 30,000 passing yards, 200 passing TDs, and 70 wins. Breeze, Dalton, Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Rodgers, and Matt Ryan. Not bad given he's on a pretty dysfunctional team. Either way, he goes down there. For the Cowboys, this is an awesome deal because you now have shirred up your back. I don't, I'd have to take a, 
I didn't really look. I probably should have in preparation, like who the backups are around the league. But I'd have to say he's the probably the best backup. Like if something happens to Dak, if he decides to hold out, which we can get to in a moment with his contract, if he gets hurt, God forbid, or whatever, like you know you have a guy that can step in and be okay because you have a good offensive line, not as great as it once was, but very good, competent offensive line, good running back, and a good wide receiver in core. Like he's going to be just fine. But this idea that he's somehow going to beat Dak out and potentially be starting, I think is ludicrous. Unless Dak decides, I want to hold out. Because it is a big kind of like, well, now we got a guy that if you decide to do whatever, like we're, we can stay firm in our contract that we offered you and be just okay if you decide to hold out because we're, we're not in a position to sweat it right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like you said, I think he'd be he's easily one of the best, if not the best backup. I mean, the only argument I can come up with right now would would be Jameis. Um, and I would, I mean, when Jameis is on, I, he he probably is better. But well, now that he has depth perception, he might be better because yeah, apparently he was playing the last five years with no depth perception, couldn't read a license plate. (laughs) Now that he can see, apparently, you know, he could be really good. But yeah, I think Andy Dalton. I mean, I mean, I think Andy Dalton does get a lot of shit that he doesn't deserve. I think honestly, the Cincinnati Bengals in general get a lot of shit they don't deserve. They have had some very good seasons the past decade in general. I know they don't win in the playoffs, and Andy Dalton has never won a game in the playoffs, but. He's led multiple teams to the playoffs. I think he's better than – I mean, I think he's better than a handful of starters. Like, I I don't know anything about Stidham in New England, but I think Andy Dalton would be fine in New England. I think if Tom never went to Tampa, I think Andy Dalton could have been fine in Tampa. Fuck yeah. I would have been happy. I wanted him at one point because I was like, I didn't yeah. think we were going to get Tom. I was like, let's make a move for Dalton. Like, we're not keeping yeah. Jameis. Like, let's make a move. <laughs> yeah, I think Dalton's a fine player. And, and like you said, if, if Dak does go down or if some – some, some reason he holds out, but say he goes down for three games. I, I mean, if, if Dallas is playing, you know, unless they're playing, you know, like San Francisco, Seattle, like then LA or something, um, Andy Dalton going to win two games, two out of three, maybe even all three. I mean, if they're playing like the Skins, the Giants, and the Lions, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Andy Dalton as a backup is very serviceable. I know Dak doesn't really, um, he doesn't really get injured a lot, but I mean, you, you never know. It's the NFL, it can always happen. And he's a kind of player that, with the talent, like you said, that Dallas has, that I mean, if they're making a playoff run, Andy Dalton can go in, and I mean, we've seen backup quarterbacks come in playoff time and thrive. I I don't see why Andy Dalton couldn't. I don't either. I've always thought there. I can go down the list and easily pick off Gardner Minshew. He's better than Jared Stidham. He's definitely probably better than. Like there are, you can go down the list, and Andy Dalton is still. He's never been the greatest guy, but he's also. I don't he's never been the team's biggest problem either. Like you've never, I don't think, I mean, he got a lot of shit in Cincinnati. Since I've been in Cincinnati and I've been here a while, he has gotten a lot of unnecessary shit. Yeah. He never won a playoff game, but they had a small window and it was unfortunate. There was that game where you had the perfect hit and then the second fight, like that window was their window to really go for it. That team was so fucking good. Um, And Joey Joey Porter not getting a flag. And then the year (laughs) he broke his finger was the other year. If he hadn't broken his finger, there isn't a doubt in my mind that they wouldn't have made a push for the Super Bowl that year because A.J. McCarron was just missing the easiest fucking reads. And to no fault to his own because he was thrown to the Lions – and just didn't – like, the game was just too fast, and you could tell. Like, it was way too fast. Um, and they would have won that game, too. So there was a window, and windows close 
short in the NFL. If you're a Cowboys fan, this is awesome. You get a quarterback at seven mil for a year, three mil it's guaranteed, I believe, which unfortunately though gives Cowboys a little bit more leverage because they can stay firm in their contract negotiations with Dak, which they've apparently offered him like 33 plus a year, I think. Um, I don't know how much. Apparently, the, the the money per year is agreed upon. It's the length of the contract. Dak wants four years. Dallas wants to hold him for five. Yeah. So, and I, and I don't know what the guaranteed looks like either. Like what? How right. much of it will be right. guaranteed versus how much will be incentive bonus? And there is that question of like what I think Andy Dalton like Dak is definitely more talented. That is, I don't think questionable necessarily. Like he has more arm talent. I I agree, but I think we're also maybe in our um, the conversation kind of overrating Dak a little bit. I was just going to get to that point <laughs> because what I was hearing, I think it's closer than people think. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it might be. Cause I was thinking about it. Like I think arm talent wise, cause Andy struggles with the deep ball and accuracy with the deep yeah. ball. But outside of that, I don't know, man. I think, I think if you put Dalton on that team t- last year or two years ago, they make the playoffs. Like, I just, like, there's too many. Dak hasn't succeeded with a great offense line at one point in his career. It's good now still. It's very good offense line. It's not maybe the best, but it's good. Um, One of the best running backs in the league. Amari Cooper, who is good. You've got now CeeDee Lamb, so we'll see how that fits in. Um, Galloway down there, too, or Callaway. Um, Yeah, I think – I don't think Andy Dalton's the starter, but I think if Dak doesn't – play well there's a chance Andy might get a shot because Andy is he's not that far off I don't think I don't know how yeah. you feel but I don't think he's that yeah, far off I, I think it kind of depends um because I, I I don't think I, I don't think Dallas wants to lose Dak and say they go into this year and he plays under the franchise tag if you sit him in the middle of the year that's almost like saying we're done with you yeah so that's a good point it, It'd be, you know, I know that's dumb because honestly you should play who's playing the best, but that's just not how it works in sports, unfortunately, all the time. Um, but so, yeah, if they did, that's almost like saying like, we're done. You're not, you know, they could bring him back the next game, but it'll be like, it'll be leave a sour taste in Dak's mouth. I mean, honestly. That's true. And Dak is definitely, cause he's 26. So it's like, you have a 26 year old versus Andy Dalton, I don't know yeah. how old he is, that is on the back end of his career by far. Right. So it's yeah. not like you're making this guy the future of your franchise. But if the Dallas, because we, we say the same thing, and it, we should eventually start questioning it, like Dallas is such a talented team. Dallas is such a talented team. I, I get Jason Garrett isn't the best coach, but if they're as talented as we keep saying they are, how do you not Why be better in that eight division? Eight? <laughs> what? Yeah. Keep going eight eight. Like, how do you keep doing that? So I think at some point we need to question like the talent level. And I yeah. think if they're like, you know what, we're really talented. And for whatever reason, we're not winning games with Dak. Say, fuck it. Let's go all in, in a weak division right now and try to do something. I don't, Jerry's crazy enough to do it. That's the point I guess right. I'm trying to make is Jerry is so out there that I don't want to write off that Andy Dalton, we're not going to see Andy Dalton start this year. Oh, I don't yeah, think I it's, wouldn't write it off. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the right move necessarily for the health of your franchise and the health of your, your quarterback that you're trying to make the face of your franchise in Dak. Right. But I think that the fact that he went out and signed him, which is a phenomenal football move on the Dallas Cowboys standpoint, like this is a good quality sign. Like it makes a thousand percent sense to sure up your t- quarterback room. 
yeah. anything. Even if he doesn't play, he's going to be an asset in teaching Dak um, and being a professional. Because one another thing that I think I haven't mentioned yet, but like Andy Dalton is one of the classiest human beings in the planet. Like oh, he yeah. is, he is the model of what you want off the field in a quarterback. Like there's a story. I think it was Boyd took a pretty like vicious hit, and he came out of the game, and Andy because knew he was banged up. It was like Boyd's, I think, rookie year or whatever. I think it was Boyd. I'm not 100% sure what the receiver was, who the receiver was. But he gave him his first-class seat and went to the very back of the plane to just sit there. He's always doing stuff in the community. Like, he's always – he's been a professional on and off the field and a fantastic human being. So, like, that's a good example for a young quarterback. Not to say Dak isn't a good human being or doesn't do good things off the field, but it's just another – it's a leadership thing that he's going to be able to pry off of. So it's a phenomenal move. But I'm not overly worried about Dak's positioning or standing with the Cowboys but it does give the Cowboys some leverage in negotiation because now you have a guy that you can go all right if you hold out that's fine like we're not going to sweat it (laughs) yeah agreed yeah I mean it's a great move for them um it's not gonna we're talking about it because we need sports stories (laughs) yeah so bad (laughs) (laughs) that's really why they're like oh look at look what could happen here (laughs) oh my god I turned on I made the mistake of turning on like get up and uh first take and they were still talking about it today we do a show once a oh, week yeah. so it's fine for us to talk about it, but it's tuesday and they're still talking about it like, that was a monday yeah. that was a monday topic the first topic of the week and then you should create something else absolutely yeah yeah but yeah it's a great move for dallas but i, I it does not you know affect deck status on the team in my opinion no um one other move that happened before we move on the bears declined mitch Trubisky's fifth, fifth offer which fifth year um extension yeah. Which is some people are like, oh shit. I mean, how did you not see this coming? Because if he gets hurt in the back end of that season, you owe him a lot of money the following year. Yeah. yeah. And right now he is playing nowhere close to the level of risk reward that makes sense for that. They signed Nick Foles. This is another story where it's being bigger because we have no sports to talk about as much until this weekend. Mm-hmm. But it makes a lot of sense for both parties. In Mitch Trubisky, if he goes out and he balls, he now has a ton of leverage because they don't have dibs on him, essentially. And he could say, fuck it, I'm going to go test the free, art, free market. Or I'll resign with you, but you're going to pay me. Yeah. But if he doesn't perform, then he's kind of shit out of luck from a money standpoint. And the Bears, though, are good. They, have not, yeah. they can walk away with a clean contrast. Yeah, they fucked up the pick, but like you'll get more picks to fuck up later down the road. So it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was just a good sound football move. And I think it is, it could be the thing that maybe like Mitch Trubisky has talent. It hasn't yeah. shown itself a whole lot, but he has it. Like there's a reason he was picked there. He's wildly inaccurate right now, but this could be the fire that like gets him going. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it just clicks and it, it works out for both parties, but it was another really smart football decision from an organization that makes pretty good decisions overall, but yeah, has had some missteps, we'll say. Yeah, I mean, they've had some missteps, honestly. His Mitchell Trubisky's entire, entire the way they, they acquired him was a misstep, um, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, it, was, there, it made no sense for them to give him the fifth-year offer. Um, so I actually remember the skins did it with RG three and then preseason we were like, Oh shit. Like we can't let this guy get hurt. Cause he is not it. So we literally deactivated him the entire year just making sure 
he didn't get hurt and I was still scared I was still just like oh my god (laughs) so it's just best is if you're not sure about the guy especially when it comes to being quarterback where you will owe him you know way more money than you know if if you're doing the fifth year extension on running back you it's it's better just to let him play out his fourth year worst comes to worst if if Trubisky balls my opinion he is 1000% slap the franchise tag yep um I don't know if they'll go about it the way the skins do, like slap the tag and let's not even talk about an extension. I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah. um, but I also, if he balled out, I would be too scared to sign him. I, I need more than – I know he had one – you know, his second year he was kind of good, but defense was absurd that year on this team. Um, I, I would be scared to sign him if he, if he balls out in 2020. Yeah, I, forgot, I should have clarified. He can't – they could slap the franchise tag and then he wouldn't be able to test free agency. Um it was a good clarification on your point. Um, yeah, I wouldn't – I don't think I'd give him a giant deal off of that. I would franchise tag him. And then he still gets paid, though. Like, he gets yeah, paid oh, off oh, the franchise tag. Yeah. So I mean, He'll get $30 million. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it is a good deal all around, I think, um, and a smart thing to do. That's all I had on football, though, because I do want to talk about The Last Dance. These two episodes, I think, were the two best episodes so far. I – loved them because they talked about things i enjoy the gambling side of of uh michael jordan and the dream team olympics which was phenomenal television uh, that whole part like from him in uh magic going at it to him shit talking reebok and like the whole backstory there like both these episodes were fantastic and i think the two best so far yeah they were awesome um watching magic you know talk shit to jordan and jordan literally just talks shit to everybody just like literally just just make it clear you know magic you were a legend larry you were a legend too but this is my fucking team like that was so <laughs> awesome i love watching that behind the scenes i love watching jordan gambling with the uh the security guards you know the, yes. throwing the, the coin over it <laughs> that dude is just so competitive he just wants he literally just he can't help himself he needs to make everything a competition he's he's unreal i love seeing that behind the scenes so he is cool. absolutely insane. It goes back to once again the Roy Williams. Like he's the only player that can turn it on and off. No, dude, he can't turn it off. He's throwing quarters at a wall to try to just like have something competitive going. Which, by the way, I don't think we've mentioned this. I love how Jordan just has his own fucking room. Like, do you notice that? Like, oh, he's yeah. never in the actual locker room. He's got his own side room, like he where he's doing room where he holds all the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who hands out the tickets there when he has all the tickets. Yeah, when he said, shit, I'm God, I was like, shit, maybe he is God. <laughs> like, yeah. the way he, how confidently he said it, I was like, fuck, what? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was just like that. I think it was maybe BJ Armstrong. I don't remember who said it, but they were like, he said, I need two tickets. So he said, you care where they sit? Because they could be sitting all the way up next to God. He goes, you just got tickets to God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> so awesome. He holds court in there. He's got six bodyguards in there he's the only one in there just chilling before games like that is awesome um yeah and that security guard became an instant meme when the giving him the shrug after he beat him oh my god what a character um dude the olympic i love because we've all sort of seen some footage of the stories from that are always fantastic my favorite story ever is when him and magic are going at it and larry's just laughing because he doesn't care and he's just like it's his league now it's his league now and my favorite part is i don't know who he hates more at this point i don't think there's a human being 
who hates somebody more than Michael Jordan hates Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he doesn't like him. Or Jerry Krause. I don't know now between the two of them because literally in every chance he gets, he's just ripping on the guy. Jerry Krause had the touch of death. Like any player he liked, they were like, fuck this guy because he likes him. We're going to go kill him. (laughs) They hated Jerry Krause. They fucking (laughs) hated him. And I don't really blame him. I mean, he was – I also give him some credit because, I mean, he did put together an unbelievable team, but he also fucked it all up. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who he hates more. That's it. He does – I mean, he hates Isaiah too. <laughs> the Isaiah so- one's more entertaining just because Isaiah's still alive and it's clear Isaiah doesn't like him. Isaiah said he was the fourth best player he's ever played against. Like, get real. That's a joke. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah the – he, I don't know. I think from like a competitive standpoint, he hates Isaiah the most. Obviously. Oh yeah, I think that's where I lean. I tweeted it out like I don't think anybody hates somebody more than Jordan <laughs> hates Isaiah Thomas because it's like, dude, him. you didn't allow him on the dream team and replaced him, and because of that, Christian Leitner made that Christian team. Christian Leitner, like, yeah, in college, he was in college too. He made that team because yeah. Isaiah wasn't on it. I actually noticed in the um, in the. the in the in the series, when Jordan was talking about the team, he mentioned like eleven of the best players in the world. He didn't even like include twelve with Christian Leitner. <laughs> like, I mean, Christian Leitner was Christian Leitner's a fine player. He was a great college player, one of the best ever. Yeah. But it's just kind of funny that Jordan did that. I completely missed that. Um, yeah. Talking about misses, do you think anybody? I mean, worst decision ever, Adidas being like, "Nah, we can't make you a yeah. shoe." I mean, yeah. oh, that might be the biggest miss in sports history ever. <laughs> That's a big miss. That's a big the history big of the miss. world, maybe. Like, holy, the dude, <laughs> the people in charge of that, like, still must not sleep. Being like, yeah, oh. we could have had Jordan, but we couldn't make a shoe work. So he went to a startup Nike, and they yeah. just dominated the world after that <laughs> he came to adidas wanting them they didn't yeah. have to go to him his oh parents had to talk him into taking a meeting with yeah. Nike, not even signing with them taking a meeting like just getting in the door <laughs> yeah unbelievable big gaff on adidas apart <laughs> yeah um the tony kuchko stuff was funny because it is like that yep. like he had no idea what was happening and no. like <laughs> Just the touch of death by Jerry Krause, where it's like he likes this guy, and this poor kid is just like he's in a war tour country, he's in the Olympics, just oh, trying yeah. to be like, we're going to compete against the dream team, and they're out there to kill the kid. But like Mike Wilbrunk said, he is a tough bastard. He came back in that second game and played well, and it was just he played well. Yeah, it's just funny seeing that type of stuff, and just once again, like Jerry Krause likes a guy, Scottie Pippen and Jordan want to kill, like just end the they, kid's career for. They no wouldn't reason. let anyone else guard him. <laughs> Jordan says pregame, no one can guard him but Scotty and I. <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, I also like Johnny Kong's interview where I'm sitting there. I'm such a degenerate where she's like, do you think gambling's ruining your reputation? And Jordan's like, what the fuck? Like, oh, yeah. it is just crazy the world, how the world used to be, where, like, that was a legit scandal. I mean, I get the money amount, but, like, like whoever it was in the documentary, like, that's 10 or 20 bucks to you like 50,000 oh, yeah. him is like 10 or 20 bucks and people were like legit mad about that which is absurd people were mad, mad about everything i mean imagine it wasn't it was bad back then imagine if it happened today imagine if lebron after game two losing game two going down oh two to the knicks he goes <laughs> goes to atlantic city <laughs> like he would get crushed today if he did that like 
yep. eviscerated. <laughs> that one was funny because Jordan wants us to all believe that, like, because Atlantic City's not close to New York. He was just like, yeah, I was back oh, yeah. by 12. Like, get the fuck out of here. No, you weren't. Not a chance. <laughs> oh, even today, he's still just lying about it. But um, oh, that was good. Though I did also like, because we got, like, it hit on all the best parts. The Olympic Dream Team, the Jordan, Air Jordan deals all that stuff. It did also get into like the one big controversy with him and back in the political race, right. which I know the famous line, like Republicans buy sneakers too. And I also know that Jordan was doing something completely different than everybody else where he was trying to build an empire essentially and did pave the way for a lot of things. So, you know, a young guy not wanting to get into it, but it is sort of crazy then when you went, cause I wasn't aware of this we didn't grow up in this era. Like I had no idea. So this is stuff I'm learning for the first time. It is kind of crazy to think like, Oh, he didn't speak out against a guy who like was directly imposed to like civil rights. Part of his platform was like Martin Luther King day shouldn't exist. Like who the fuck is this guy? Um, so it was interesting to touch on that. And it was like, I was thinking about it more. It is crazy that he didn't speak out in fear of like, it would ruin the reputation or damage in some way. But like today we wouldn't even be talking about it. Cause it's a house race in North Carolina, whatever district is in, like none of us would be yeah. talking about that. Oh, no. But because he decided not to say anything about something that was actually important. It wasn't like he's playing politics all the time. It was one race, a very like sensitive issue could have easily spoken up. And because he didn't and did the Republican line, it actually became exactly what he didn't want it to become. And it became like an actual controversy, which was interesting. Yeah. It did. It was interesting. Jordan's actually like, one thing I will say is he's stuck to that his entire life. He does not speak up and out very much on issues. Um, it took, I mean, it took a long time before he finally like came out and spoke about like police brutality, stuff like that. I mean, mm -hmm. he's never really, he, he's like a superstar. I mean, he was way more in the in the light back then, but he he really does kind of stay quiet when it comes yeah. to issues happening. When he has when he ha he has massive influence, but he kind of just doesn't really comment. Which is something unique because we honestly, and it's happened forever, like with Muhammad Ali and oh. guys before him, and LeBron James. When it's convenient, oh, LeBron opinion. always gives him two. Yeah, LeBron will always give his opinion. Yeah, always give his opinion unless it has to do with China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing. But that's just the NBA in general for the most part. Yeah. Um, they, it is weird, though, to be like this guy who controls an insane amount of power, who's on top of the world, wouldn't speak out about that. But at the same time, yeah. he kind of is – he was looking out for himself, which – I guess when you're trying to build a billion dollar empire, like nobody's done before, that's sometimes kind of part of the equation, which is unfortunate because it is really one of the only few criticisms you have on him. But oh, yeah. like you said, he has stuck to that line. He hasn't wavered on that at all in his entire career. Um, it, I just think there was a lot better ways that it could have done. And I'm surprised even in his, like even after the comment came out, I'm surprised he didn't say something just to the effect of like, Hey, I'm not choosing political sides or anything, but like I'm opposed to people who don't believe African Americans have the same rights as everybody else. Like who thinks the civil rights movement is the most or the civil rights 
bill was the most dangerous piece of legislation. Like mm-hmm. it, it did seem kind of crazy. Um, Agreed. Yeah. But it's the position he's taken and stayed with, but without it, if he hadn't met Senate or if he had just said something brief about it, it wouldn't have been even a controversy. So it was an interesting little tidbit, but I was glad to see they threw it in there because it shows that they are really giving us everything about Michael Jordan. Cause like right. I wouldn't, if they hadn't thrown that in there, I would have no idea. Like I would honestly, I would have never known that. So it is kind of, yep. I appreciate that they are really giving us everything about MJ, which is one of the reasons I liked these two the most is because it's just, once again, it's giving us all the good and the bad in like a scenario where he does kind of look like a dick at some oh, point. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. But honestly too, I don't know how he thought he was going to come off as a dick. Cause like most of the time in this, I actually find him more endearing. Like, Oh yeah, this guy is everything oh. we thought he was only to a higher degree. I've always thought and always heard that Michael Jordan was a dick and he's just such a good, he's such a competitor that he's just a dick. I, he's actually been from this documentary. I expected him to see, for him to come off like way more of an asshole than he has. <laughs> yeah, way more. He's become way more endearing to me through this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, wow. He's, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's I've kind always of loved everything him as the star, but not really. I always kind of maybe thought as a person, kind of the way I feel about Tiger Woods. Yeah. Like, but yeah, Michael. No, he doesn't. He hasn't been nearly like as much of an ass as I thought. No, not even close. And like, there are like it was. It's been a very cool look, and I'm enjoying it. And these were my two favorite, and it's. When he thought we would think he's an ass, I don't think anybody thinks that right now. I think he's become more endearing because it's like that's exactly the kind of person we all want our premier player on the sports team we root for to be. That's exactly how we want them. Um, All right, let's get to the last topic, the UFC this week. I am so excited. So I'm going to quickly break this down. First of all, UFC 249, this is – I think the fact that the UFC is coming back first, the fact that they are able to do this is going to give them a greater foothold in American sports and global sports because they are a global company and have an outreach globally. That's huge. But I do think it's going to bring in fans that typically would not watch the UFC, watch the UFC this weekend because there's nothing else on. And I have to say Dana White and the matchmakers over at the UFC put together a near perfect card if you are a first time watcher, cause you are going to literally see just a plethora of different styles of different fight techniques of just everything. And I mean, the top three fights on this fight, I mean, we have Donald Cerrone and Anthony Pettis in the prelim fights. That's how good this card That's is. Crazy. They That's are the crazy. prelim fights. And those two, both, whenever they're on a fight, it's a, it's a must watch fight. They're both phenomenal fighters. I mean, Donald was Donald was in the primetime fight with McGregor yes. like like two UFCs ago. Yes, and he's on the prelim. That's how great this card is. I do hate Greg Hardy being on this card. I I distinctively said, and I'm going back on this. Whatever, <laughs> I need to watch sports. I would never buy a pay per view that Greg Hardy was on just out of principle because yeah. I do, I hate the guy for what. And they even gave him a shot, but because I don't think he earned redemption. But whatever. Yeah, that's just my opinion. But I am going to buy this card. Um. Three fights that I'm excited about. You have Francis Ngannou versus Rosenstrike. This is a fight of just pure power. Rosenstrike is a guy, he's 6'4", 242, he's got a 78 reach. This dude not only can deliver a punch, but he can fucking eat him. There is a, if you go back and watch his last fight against Overin, there's a punch in the second round that he takes 
And Overrun literally looks at him like is shocked he didn't fall. And he doesn't even fucking move. Like he doesn't even throw a fu- – he could have easily – if he had just followed up, he may have really like not – because he just dropped his kind of hands and didn't move. Yeah. The other guy just takes like a pause like, what the fuck is wrong Excuse with this me? guy? Yeah. <laughs> like he has an insane chin and can deliver a punch, which is going to be good because Francis Ngannou is the apex of what human being like physique is. This man is insane. If he had been born in America, he'd be playing on Sundays, without a doubt. He's 6'4", 255, 83. He is a freak. His uppercut is easily take your cat off. Like Michael Bisbing Bisbing once said he's the Mike Tyson of the UFC, and I fully agree with that statement. He dropped some fucking a-bombs and is like this is a fight if you want to see two guys just stand up and go fucking at it this is the fight francis Ngannou um knocked out his knockouts are viciously insane he has visibly gotten better fight to fight every fight you can legitimately like he used to be homeless a couple years ago like his story is phenomenal worth looking into but you can visibly see every fight he's fought him getting better him refining his skills huge jumps so this is an awesome fight. If you just want to, if you want to see the UFC in that stereotypical version of just guys going at it, this is the fight. Well, I think you've kind of convinced me just for fun to maybe just put some money on Rosenstrike because he's plus two thirty. I mean, just for fun, I might have to do it. I'm going Ungano on this. That's my pick. Yeah, I think Rosenstrike leaves himself to some vulnerabilities, but dude, it is it's going to be a good one because Rosenstrike he is. He could win this fight, and he has a chin of steel. <laughs> um, like, it's insane. And he's a great counterpuncher. That's where he really – he does some work in. He's a great counterpuncher. So it's going to be an awesome fight. Then you follow that up with Dominic Cruz, Henry um, – Henry? Oh, my God, I can't pronounce his last name right now. Say, say Hudo? Cejudo. There we go. Jesus. Um, that's so <laughs> bad on my part. I apologize. Henry wants to be known as the greatest combat fighter in the world. And he's very much on that pace. He's a gold medalist winner. He's the only UFC. He's the only person in the world to ever win a gold medal in wrestling and then win a UFC title. He won it at flyweight. Then he won. He said, fuck it. I need to up the stakes. Went to bantamweight, won a title there. Fighting Dominic Cruz, who is, you can't talk about the bantamweight division without Dominic Cruz. He, there is nobody like Dominic Cruz. If you have never seen a Dominic Cruz fight, He's not going to wow you with power, but he is the energizer bunny from hell. He does not stop moving. He is like a matador in the ring. He is, he is elusive as hell, sticks you and keeps going. All of his fights pretty much go to decision. He's only lost one fight. The problem is he hasn't fought since 2016, which makes me nervous. Ooh, yeah. Jesus. But he is, he's got a four-inch height advantage. He's got, I think, a four-inch reach advantage. He is extremely good. His technique is phenomenal. His footwork is phenomenal. He's elusive as hell. It is, it is poetry in motion with him. There is no other fighter that doesn't like him. TJ Dillashaw sort of has it, but it is something completely unique in style. He is a jittery man. That's going to be an awesome fight. I lean a little bit towards Dominic Cruz in that one. That is one, though, flip a coin, bet whatever you hit on heads or tails because that one's going the distance, I think. But Denner, or, uh, Dominic Cruz, he is special, and he hasn't fought in a while. He is a fun fight to watch. And then they met, finish it up with just the cherry on top, Tony Ferguson versus oh, Justin yeah. Gaethje. 
I know I am pissed. We're not getting Tony Ferguson Khabib right now. Yeah. And it is a huge risk that he took this fight because Justin Gaethje is no slouch. But if you've never had the pleasure of watching a Tony Ferguson fight for all like fans that are new to the He's a savage. I mean, he does things in the cage. He is, he is, um, what is it? Control and chaos. Like it is, his movements are unpredictable. He makes you incredibly uncomfortable with the way he, he fights, to be honest. He's throwing things that you will never see any other fighter throw. He's incredibly creative. He gets stronger as the fight goes on. Like he likes to fight her. Honestly, I honest to God believe he enjoys it. And I'm not the only one who thinks that like some of his prior opponents are like, yeah, I don't think Tony Ferguson really starts to get going until you like cut him up. Like he is a monster. And so is Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is another guy that is like, let's go to war. He, he is the, the epitome of like, it's not how big the dog is. It's how big the fight in the dog is. Like that man just wants to go at it. He can drop bombs. The whole fight card is phenomenal. That fight, though, is beautiful. It's yeah. not Khabib, Tony Ferguson. Don't get me wrong. It is not that. And it, that fight would be way better. But it is the perfect replacement for that fight. And if Tony Ferguson gets through this, then I think we're going to get Khabib, Tony, because I don't know how they don't make that fight happen after Ramadan. I just remember when Tony fought Anthony Pettis. It was like the bloodiest fight yes. I've ever seen in my life. I was like, is he going to die? <laughs> that is what you're going to get. That, I think, is a very good very good point to bring up. Fair warning to all you new UFC fans. Expect to see blood in that fight. There will be blood. <laughs> like That is going to happen. That Anthony Pettis-Tony Ferguson fight. Whew, man. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. It looked, yeah, it was bad. That was bad. Dude, that was like the Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike won. There's a fight right now. His last fight I was talking about is on ESPN right now. He won in the final 10 seconds by knockout. Split the dude's lip in a way oh. that I have not seen. Like it was just open in like a flap. It was so bad. Um, yeah, it's gonna be chaos. Like it's going to be pure. And then you got Greg Hardy on the card, who, while I don't like the guy, is and he's not a very skilled fighter. Like anytime he fights somebody who's like really skilled, he gets overmatched. But he's got. A, there's a lot of power on this card. There's enough power on this card to fucking fuel New York City right now. Like it is. <laughs> It's insane. This this is a phenomenal card that you are going to see some phenomenal fights. I cannot yeah. wait. I would say too. My will be nice. Yeah, my bets. I think I'm going Francis Ngannou. But if you bet Rosenstrike, it's not a bad bet. Anything can happen, especially in those two fights or those two fighters. I think I'm going Cruz, but it's literally like a I'm like fifty point five percent convinced he's going to win. Forty nine point five percent convinced he's going to lose. Like it, flip a coin, go with that. And then I think I lean Tony Ferguson because he Tony. is, like you said, yeah. he's crazy. He's absolutely yes. crazy in the cage. There's, there, there's, like, there's nothing like Dominic Cruz. There's nothing like Tony Ferguson with what he does. <laughs> yeah. He's a unique savage among other savages. <laughs> like the yes. Savage, yes, he is. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, he's an absolute animal. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to go with on that? Uh, no, you, you covered it way better than I would have. All right. Well, it's going to be a great one. Definitely buy in. I'm going to wrap this up with a fun little fact that I learned this week. Going back to football. This blew my mind. I could not believe this. Did you know that Tim Tebow is the only quarterback the Denver Broncos have drafted and won a playoff game? That is bizarre. No QB the the Denver Broncos, Jesus Cowboys, the Denver Broncos have drafted, has won a playoff game. Interesting. Because they didn't draft Elway. They traded for him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and then no other quarterback, according to ESPN, they tweeted it out, has won a playoff game. That's crazy. No, never knew that. Of course. No, had no idea. <laughs> Insane. I don't know how impre- like, if I'm more impressed by the functionality of the Broncos organization to never have a drafted yeah. a quarterback that won a playoff game or just incredibly impressed that that like statistically has happened. Cause what is the chances of that? <laughs> I mean, it's a relatively successful franchise. Yeah. That's yeah. What are. Like this isn't like some joke franchise. This isn't Browns. Like if it were the Browns, right. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like this is a successful yeah. franchise. Like this is one of the well-run organizations in the NFL and they've never hit on a quarterback. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. bizarre. Insane. Acquire talented quarterbacks. That's it blew bizarre. my mind. <laughs> I was like, that is shit. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler never won one there. No. And yeah. Elway was traded for. Like he wasn't drafted yeah. by them. That's bizarre. I have a feeling Drew Luck will probably break that because that offense is yeah. super young. I'm kind of a Drew Luck guy. Drew Luck's cool. I, like I am too. As soon as, <laughs> like, all I knew him was his fiasco with Texas. And uh, yeah. Tom Herman mocking him, and then when I saw him singing to G or um, <laughs> Young Jeezy, <laughs> Young Jeezy, I almost said G Easy, Young Jeezy, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm in." Yeah, Let's roll. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's the man. He's fucking fantastic. And they've got a super yeah. young offense. Yeah, like, and they got I'm some guys high on them this year. Yeah, it sucks that they're in the best division in football, but iron yeah. sharpens iron. So hey, it could work out. Yeah. They've got a bright future. But all right, that'll uh, wrap it up. Unless you have anything else here. Uh, just one quick thing I just kind of saw that it, it kind of opened my eyes. I kind of think Carson Wentz might retire soon. Really? He had a quote. Um, he, this is like the first time he's talked since the playoff loss. He yeah. said, I can, I can confirm I had a concussion. I was dealing with symptoms. It was some scary stuff. You only get one of these brains and you have to protect it. Mm. And he just had a kid just, too. Yeah, and I was just saying, you know, I was thinking maybe you could pull. I mean, I'm not saying this year. Um, no. But maybe you could pull like an Andrew Luck, and maybe the Eagles kind of know, and maybe that's why they got Jalen Hurts. That would be some. Ins- yeah, I mean, that just would make a little a conspiracy. Lot of sense. I just saw that quote. I was like, wow, that kind of sounds like someone who's like kind of you know recognizes you know your brain gets effed up in this sport. Fuck yeah, and his body too. Like he's always injured. Yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah. Like he's had that- back injuries. Yeah. Yeah, that could easily be an Andrew Luck thing where it's like, hey, I've got money. Like, I right. made money. I'm financially going to be fine. And he just had a kid, which I don't know if that's his first. Um, but I know he just young. had – I mean, it might be. Yeah, I would assume it is. Um, but he is, like, a super religious guy, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he has, like, one earlier. Um, that's true. But it, uh, it's probably his first. That puts things into perspective. He's constantly hurt. Yeah, I mean – yeah, it's something just an interesting put, quote. Like, yeah, oh. something to put in the tickler file. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that could be coming back around. Or maybe that's one of those things where he told the Eagles, like, hey, lighten up my workload. And that's why they went and got a Jalen Hurts to maybe run more of like a Saints offense, but have yeah. him more involved than Tyson Hill or Tyson Hill's involved. Right. So, yeah, just interesting. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a good way to end. We'll wrap it up on yeah. that. Throw it in the tickler file. See what plays with it. As <laughs> always, that'll do it with us. Peace. Later.